0: Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 27-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple mercifully short book on homeschooling, The 4-Hour School Day: How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. Which is a devotional that I wrote uh, specifically for homeschool moms. I hope you'll check those books out. You can check them out at Amazon. You can see them on my uh, and order them from my website, durandawilson.com. You can also find the four hour school day at any of your favorite booksellers, in addition to the two places that I just mentioned. I also want to encourage you to check out my mentoring course. It is the Unhurried Homeschooler mentoring course based on the Unhurried Homeschooler. If If you uh, order this uh, particular um, online course, you'll get a free copy, PDF copy of The Unhurried Homeschooler. And what I basically do is walk with you through just having a better understanding of what it looks like to take a more unhurried approach uh, through all the years from uh, preschool all the way to, to 12th grade. So, I encourage you to check that out. I will leave a link in the show notes. It is uh, the unhurried And lastly, um, I have a really great math resource to share with you. And I don't know if you've tried it yet um, CTC Math. Uh, there, I have a testimonial from another very happy homeschool mom. Amber said, "I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC Math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC Math, and each child has found it easy to navigate and very." applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. That's a great testimony. So if you're looking for a great online math program, please visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. I am really grateful that you joined me here today. Um, You know, in the last episode, I was in my uh, sort of walk-in closet uh, talking with my daughter. If you missed that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was an episode on building a family culture, and it was just a great conversation. I think you will be so encouraged by it. Some very practical, uh, feet-on-the-ground type of uh, conversation about how to build a family culture. But today I'm actually in my 20 year old daughter's closet. And can I just say, um, she has much nicer clothes than I do. (laughs) And they're all like, my husband calls them shades of dirt. She loves neutrals. So, you know, uh, cream and white and tan and beige. And I don't know all the shades, but they're beautiful. They they look great. So uh, not that you needed to know all that, but just thought you might want to know I'm in a different closet today. Uh, my she shed that we moved, uh, when we moved to out here to our new place, uh, the end of October, the she shed was moved in November and that's usually where I do my recording, but it doesn't have any power right now. And so that means that I don't have heat and um, I would really, I, I would do much better. <laughs> I will do much better if I have heat. So here I am in the closet, um, and I am really glad that you joined me here today. I'm going to be talking about winter blues, um, seasonal depression. There are lots of different names for it, um, but also it kind of falls in that category of finding your rhythm after the holidays, because there can come with it kind of this little bit of a letdown after all the frivolity and all the preparations, and um, it. Is it is important that we have that letdown. I believe it is important that we have that rest after Christmas, but it can be a little tough to dive right back into, um, you know, just your normal rhythm. Um, I have found though that it is uh, really good for us to, as quickly as possible, get back on a normal schedule. Usually, I'm kind of anxious to be on something a little more predictable, and and the kids do better with it as well. So I usually dive back in with a basic skeleton schedule, sort of a a, a base schedule that gets everybody going uh, again on their chores and moving forward with, you know, at least the basics in schoolwork. Maybe we start with one subject. We start with math. Um, and then we, you know, add, you know, reading and writing and whatever. But, you know, y- you get the idea. Just start out with something that is is is. Doable, but isn't overwhelming. Um, sometimes it takes a little while to recover a bit from all the activity of the of the holiday season. But specifically today, I want to address. Uh, what's called seasonal depression, um, or uh, really just tips for dealing with winter blues. Um, It can also be called seasonal affective disorder, which is, it's called SAD, that's appropriate, right? Um, But it's it's a type of depression. It's triggered by the change of seasons. And uh, a lot of times it'll start in the fall for people. For me, it never seemed to start until um, after Christmas. You know, fall hits and then you kind of move into the holiday season and that sort of is a great distraction, but then you hit January. Um, and you can be starting to feel some some symptoms like sadness, lack of energy, loss of interest in usual activities, um, oversleeping and weight gain, which you know, thank you Christmas, that probably didn't help either. So there can be just a broad range of severity and symptoms and people who live in the more northern states tend to struggle with it more um, because of the fact that their days are shorter than those of us who are in the South. Um, that's one of the one of the benefits that I found and, and one of the, it was down on the list of reasons, but it was a reason to move from the Pacific Northwest down here to the South in, in North Carolina, uh, where it gets dark uh, at the the at the earliest 530. Um, Whereas in Washington, it was you were starting to feel that sunsetty type dusk feeling anywhere between like three and 330 in the afternoon. And it was just, it can almost feel suffocating that 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 many hours of darkness. And so this is why people who live in the more northern states tend to struggle with it more. It also increases with age. So the older I've gotten, the more it has uh, tended to affect me. And there are, uh, there are reasons for that that can be prevented. Um, but, but part of it is just the amount of um, sunlight that is absorbed by older people uh, becomes less and less um, over the years. So there's, there's all of that. So I, you know, my own experience with with seasonal depression was, you know, it would range anywhere from just blah, you know, unmotivated, um, to literally forcing myself to do even the smallest tasks, um, which can be just it, it just can feel like such a weight everything you have to do get up in the morning and just you know make your bed make breakfast get dressed all of those things just feel like so much work um but i will say that i made myself do them because if i didn't i would actually feel worse so there was a certain amount of perseverance that i felt was really important to to do but I think that 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 heavy feeling um, can be helped. Um, And I'm gonna give you several tips to maybe lighten that heavy feeling a little bit. I know that there are some people who feel it's necessary to go on antidepressants um, throughout the winter. That has worked well for some people. I tend to veer away from those just because of the side effects, and I, I'm just not a, a big fan of that. But I understand if it's overwhelming, and you've you know you've done your research, and you're in agreement with your husband that it's a good thing for you to do that. You and you've prayed about it. You you should do that. So I'm not I'm not saying that medication isn't an option, but I would say try some other things first and try them for a while because sometimes um, it takes a little while for them to take effect. Now, if you were able to listen to the two podcast episodes I did with Shona Murray um, on Uh, Basically, moving from burnout to a grace paced life. I published those right after Christmas because often we do feel burnt out after Christmas and we need to be reminded of okay, what are the, what are the, the, good and biblical things that i need to do to care for myself um, so and to orient myself so that i i'm not continuing in this this burnout mode and so i had a wonderful conversation with shona many of you know i read her book uh this uh, at the end of the summer and it was just so incredibly helpful and uh you will also just a little side note you will love her 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 lovely um scottish accent um so she's really really fun to talk to but very very full of wisdom. So I encourage you, if you're feeling that burnout, go back and listen to those episodes. All right. So I myself have had a range of seasonal uh, affective disorder. And um, one of the things that I had to learn was to be content with the basics. You know, after all the frivolity of the holidays and all the activity, it can be difficult to just face normal everyday life and be content with that. Um, what is contentment? Well, the definition of contentment is is a, finding a deep, it's having a deep satisfaction um, in the will of God. And you know what? Winter is the will of God. He created winter. It's something that he has ordained. And so we can actually find contentment in it. Um, and there are ways that... Uh, these tips that I'm going to share with you are a bunch of different ways that we can help ourselves find contentment in it. But again, winter is a season that has been ordained by God. It does serve a purpose just as much as spring, summer, and fall. Um, a, A few minutes ago, I mentioned that part of this, one of the symptoms of seasonal depression is oversleeping, but I'd like to add to that, that extra sleep can actually be a good thing. Um, Obviously, you're not going to want to be sleeping all day or for ridiculous amounts of hours. We're moms, we have responsibilities, and we need to be sure that we're keeping like a circadian rhythm, which is basically going to bed approximately the same time within an hour or so each night and getting up within an hour or so of the same time every morning. That is actually super important to help keep our body on a rhythm. But sometimes in the winter, we do feel like sleeping a little extra. And uh, this is not necessarily bad. I believe that it can be God's way of giving us a season of rest. We all need that. And the thing about rest is rest is trust. Rest is understanding that the the world is not going to fall apart if I take a little bit of extra rest, it, Because he is God and we are not. Rest is trusting in a sovereign, good God who is holding all things in his hands and who does all things well. Therefore, we can rest. Another tip is just maybe self-evident, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's simplify. I mentioned earlier, you know, getting back into that rhythm, go with a simple plan to start with and slowly add to it as everybody seems ready, you know, because a lot of times this time of year, our kids are recovering from being sick or they are sick. Um, go back to just simplification what are the things that have to be done every day um for me it was really important to know okay what am what are we having for dinner tonight when i got up in the morning it was like, like what are we having for dinner so that i would go and pull out uh, meat i knew the direction i knew what i needed to do so that when dinner time rolled around it didn't catch me off guard um those little things um catching up on the laundry Um, getting my house in order, um, those were actually a priority to me before jumping back into schoolwork. And I would involve my kids with that. Sometimes it meant some organization, you know, maybe like the week between um, Christmas and New Year years, or maybe the first week or two in January, um, we would spend organizing and not maybe doing a spring cleaning, but definitely a purge. You know, the kids have all gotten new things. We want to get rid of old things. Okay, you've gotten five new things Now you need to pick five things to get rid of. Um, Organizing their rooms, just feeling like our home is in order. That in itself can be such a mood lifter and helps so much when we actually dive back into more of a regular schedule. So um, don't be afraid to simplify. Don't be afraid to prioritize some things that are important to you that help you think more clearly. Uh, For me, it's a house that isn't, a wreck. Um, Getting rid of that Christmas tree. We're just going to be done with it. You know, some people enjoy keeping it for a while. And if that is an enjoyable thing to you, you should do it. But for me, by the time new year's rolls around, I'm done. Like, let's get this thing put away. I put away the Christmas stuff and uh, the, the things that are really like clearly Christmas things like nativity scenes and things that say, Merry Christmas. But I leave some of those uh, other decorations up, you know, some of the garlands and the lights because those things can help keep, uh, keep our mood a little lighter as well. Uh, I have a friend who started getting up in the morning and she would just light a whole bunch of candles in her house. Um, I used to just get up and turn on all the lights. Just lighting up the house seemed to help um, because, you know, it was maybe darker outside and I needed to feel like it wasn't dark inside. Um, some other ideas, um, you know, usually we haven't eaten the best through the holidays. This is a great time to clean up our diet, uh, you know, pray through it, think about it. But again, this can be super simple. Um, but one of the things that I like to do is to eat foods that are in season because one, they're inexpensive. Um, and the thing that's interesting about the foods that are in season, specifically, I'm, I'm talking about like vegetables that are in season, uh, they're cruciferous vegetables. And those are things like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts, spinach, and cabbage. The interesting thing about them is that they're rich in a lot of vitamins and minerals, um, but they're also a great source of omega 3s. And so these healthy fats are essential to many bodily functions, like helping to maintain uh, good cognitive health and reducing the risk of mental decline. And again, you see the connection there, where that's maybe going to help keep us from sliding down that um, that you know that slippery slope of seasonal depression. So maybe make a point of adding those things to your diet. I love, uh, I'm not a fan of cruciferous vegetables, but I have found that specifically Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and even broccoli, I love uh, roasting them. So tossing them with some olive oil and garlic and, um, and roasting them in the oven. It just gives them a really amazing flavor. And I also make kale chips, super, super simple. You just take chopped kale, make sure I always get organic, um, make sure that it's uh, clean and all of that. And then you're gonna make sure it's dry. If you wash it, you wanna make sure that you kind of pat it dry. Toss it with um, a good amount of olive oil so everything is coated. I do it with my fingers and then add some you know, garlic um, and salt and pepper. And then... Actually, you don't add that. Sorry. So toss it with the olive oil. Do not add the salt because the salt will make it wilt, okay? So then you pop those babies in the oven and they crisp up really nicely and then you add your salt and maybe some garlic powder. And then they stay crisp. And those are the best. You can stick those in a bowl. Um, I'm pretty sure that your kids will just, that you grab them and eat them like chips. They taste so good. So, there's just a little, a little, uh, <laughs> a little uh, direction on kale. Um, all right, another thing: lots of water. Okay, this is important because we need to flush out toxins every day. So we can help that by adding some lemon, some fresh lemon, to our water. Also, drink at least eight ounces of water immediately after you wake up. So I have a water bottle sitting on my um, my nightstand, and as soon as I get up. I go and I grab that water and I drink um, at least eight to 12 ounces. About every good swallow is about an ounce. So I just make sure that I do that first thing in the morning because your body detoxifies in the morning. And so you can help it do that by simply drinking water first thing in the morning. Of course, I'm going to recommend exercise because that is um, very much a mood lifter. Um, It gives you that... Oh, just that adrenaline rush that helps keep dopamine uh, healthy in your in your brain, um, and it doesn't have to be crazy exercise. The only thing that I do is walk, and I try. I've mentioned this before. I go outside and I walk in the sunlight, preferably in the mornings, because that sun coming through the horizon at um, in the mornings has a very specific. Uh, more beneficial effect as it goes into, um, into our eyes. And as we absorb that, and we're also getting some vitamin D while we do that. And, uh, it's really, really is a mood lifter. And so like a 30 minute walk. Um, I know a lot of moms who just listen to this podcast while they're on their walk. And so, um, Hey, to all you moms who are out there right now, walking, it's cold and you're out there and you're doing it. Um, it was about a real feel of about 18 this morning. And My husband, I told my husband I really wanted to walk and so he went down and he tracked down his flight suit and uh, I put that on with a couple pairs of leggings, a few, a couple of shirts and uh, this crazy stocking hat where I I just looked like I was gonna rob a bank, you know, just eyeballs and nose and mouth showing And, and I went out there and went on that walk and it felt so good. Of course, you don't want to, but that's the best time to do it because that, you just get that that benefit from being out there and you come back and you realize how good that felt. And that fresh air, that cold is actually really good for building your immune system. So kudos to all of you who are out there walking right now. I am right there with you. All right, another thing that we need to really pay attention to is vitamin D. Now, um, if you go to a regular Physician, they're going to tell you that your levels of vitamin D are fine if they were like twenty five and up. That is not true. A lot of people do not feel well. Twenty five is a very—I think it's—I think that's the the low end of the range. It's somewhere in the twenties. But I know for a fact, after doing a lot of research, um, you know, through integrative medicine and uh, alternative medicine sites, they're saying you want to be up into the 60s and 70s and 80s. And so um, make sure you can even get your vitamin D checked because it takes a while to... elevate your vitamin D. It takes a couple of months of taking it to get it up there. So what I do is make sure I'm taking it all year round. And if I know that I'm kind of running low as we're heading into fall, I'll double up and I take up to 10,000 IU's use of um, vitamin D and, and a regular doctor will not Tell you to do that, but it is safe. Um, I've heard uh, alternative medicine doctors say even more than that is safe. But I do five in the morning and five in the in the evening, and um, I get it in. Uh, it's vitamin D in an MCT oil, so it's a carrier oil that um, effectively brings it and delivers it to the body. So I will include that link in uh, in the show notes. And then some other things that we can do that are just sort of like mental lifters, um, create something to look forward to. Even just simple things like sitting down with a cup of tea for 15 minutes in the mid-morning or the mid-afternoon. A lot of times what'll get me going in the morning is I get up, always make my bed. I just, to me, that's just something that... Um, Sort of signals the start of my day. I get dressed. I don't stay in my pajamas for a super long time. I do stay in my pajamas while I'm getting my coffee and reading my Bible and all that. But, but I get dressed. Um, I remember throughout the years, especially in the winter, I would put shoes on in the house. Um, I had my husband bought me shoes just to wear in the house because, you know, I I don't like to clean floors. Uh, more than I have to. So I had this specific pair of shoes that were super comfortable. They're actually wrestling shoes. I don't even know why he bought me wrestling shoes, but they were the most comfortable shoes. And I would tie them, you know, get them on as though I was going somewhere. And that helped me just feel a little more energetic. I was ready to go. It sent a signal to my body that the day had begun. and I, and, I, and it got me just another little boost to keep moving forward. But often I will get up in the mornings and I'll have my coffee and do, you know, my Bible and all that and, and, and pray and get dressed. And I'll, I'll do some morning chores and do some, you know, some schoolwork with our son. And then, um, you know, around 1030 or something, I'll just make myself either another cup of coffee or a cup of tea. And I don't drink a ton of caffeine. So I usually am drinking mostly decaf. So I'm not amping myself up because I don't want to drain my adrenals, which will happen if you have too much caffeine. And that's not a good thing in the winter for sure. So um, yeah, just just have that mid-morning little treat is what I call it. Just sit down and just take a breather. And it gave me something to work towards um, that wasn't too far out. And so you could do that in the mid-morning. You could do it mid-afternoon. Um, read a good book. I am actually listening to a really good book right now on audio while I do things around the house. Um, but I also have the hard copy of it, so I'm highlighting stuff um, when the uh, when the narrator says something that you know I really want to make. Make sure that I remember, I just go to my book and I highlight it. And it's been awesome. Uh, meet a friend for a coffee date. Uh, embrace the coziness of warm blankets and good books. Learn to bake something new. Um, learn to make something new. Try a new hobby. Make a list of the things you would like to do. And and then give yourself permission and time to actually do those things. Um, obviously, if you have a house full of kids and a, and a busy life homeschooling, I get that. But just a small amount of time, Each day or every few days, if you just give yourself 15 minutes to 30 minutes doing something that you have always wanted to do, um, I find that to be the most effective way to actually make progress, whether it's uh, cleaning out closets um, and just working on it for a half an hour a day every single day and not trying to make it this big, huge project, but like my husband says, you know, don't try to eat the whole elephant, just take a bite at a time. You can do that with your hobbies too, or learning new hobbies or learning new things. Give yourself 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or 40 minutes, whatever is doable for you to do that new thing that you want to do. And then, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't address the spiritual aspects, which always affect the physical, mental, and emotional aspects. As we learned while um, listening to Edward Welch, who talked about um, after you get a psychiatric diagnosis, what does the Bible say about a psychiatric diagnosis? Um, And he talked about how the spiritual is very much tied in to the physical, the mental, and emotional aspects. Um, and so I'm gonna do that today in a really simple way. And that is just to tell you, to encourage you to simply stay oriented toward God. Psalm uh, 16, eight says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Rem- so just remember that little things done in great faithfulness are as pleasing to God as the big things and be content with that maybe winter time isn't the time where you try to make what you consider to be great spiritual strides remember that obedience is the key to transformation and obedience is often simple but not easy so it's okay if all you're able to do <clears throat> Uh, for the most part, is to just stay oriented, to set the Lord always before you and know and have confidence that because he is at your right hand, you will not be shaken. And for those of you who suffer deeply during this season, I encourage you to be sure that you have what is called a theology of suffering. Now that could be a whole other episode and I may do that someday, but it's really just an understanding that God is a loving God. And he does allow suffering into our lives, but it is always, always, always for our good. I'll include a link that explains a little bit more about, about a theology of suffering, but there is utmost importance in trusting God's purposes in the midst of suffering, even when we don't know what those purposes are. Suffering, like like all other other human experiences, is is directed by the sovereign wisdom of God. And in the end, we learn that we may never know the specific reason for our suffering, but we must trust in our sovereign God. And that is the real answer to suffering. It's an opportunity to persevere and to practice trust. We also have um, it's important, so important to remember that we also have a great high priest, Jesus, who empathizes with us because he himself has suffered and been tempted in all ways, even as we are, and yet he was without sin. And he doesn't just empathize. He is a very present help in time of trouble. One of my favorite little books, if you're wanting to really focus on the gentleness um, and the goodness of God, um, a shepherd looks at Psalm 23, is one of my favorite books. I I think I've gone through it at least two or three times. But here's a quote from that book. He says, My master, my friend, my owner has things under control, even when they may appear calamitous. He comes quietly to reassure us that Christ himself is aware of our dilemma and deeply involved in it with us. Walking through these struggles this time of year, moms, can give us the opportunity to be faithful in the small things as we cling to the truth of his word and who he is. He sees it and he is pleased with it. Every season has a purpose. Even in looking at all the bare branches that are around us, it appears there is absolutely nothing happened to the naked eye. That's what it looks like. It looks like death. It looks boring. It looks uh, uh, just dead, right? But deep within those branches, new life is about to emerge, Jesus said in John 12 24, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Seeds have to die completely before they can actually be planted and bear fruit. I find that just such an interesting parallel and truth. There must be death before there can be life, and there must be discipline before we experience delight. So please know this time isn't pointless. And remember that spring is right around the corner. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for every mom who's listening, for every mom who suffers with this seasonal depression, this these winter blues. Um, there's such a wide range, Lord. I know that there are a wide range of uh, moms who are listening who experience a wide range of these symptoms. And I just pray over them right now and ask that you would help them to know that they are not alone. God, thank you that you are with us, that you never leave us and you never forsake us. And there is no place that we can go that you aren't there. So thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus name. Amen.